Well, good morning, Ian Church, and anybody else that happens to be watching this morning, we welcome you. And I want to start off this morning just praying for about the situation that's going on right now. You know, I know a lot of people are still concerned, but you know, the Bible says we should walk in wisdom. Jesus says we're to be as wise as serpents, but as innocent as doves. Uh, we should use wisdom, but God doesn't want us walking in fear. And I don't want us to be afraid either. You know, God promises to protect us. And as I was thinking about this, as a reminder of the Scripture, most of you know uh, out of 2 Corinthians 7.14, where God gives us a tremendous promise. He starts off and says, if, if my people. That means it's a conditional promise that there's something we have to do before God will move. And he says, if my people are called by my name, that means you and me, those of us that call ourselves Christians, if we'll do something. And he says, if we'll humble ourselves. How do we humble ourselves? Well, the main way is just by recognizing that we need God. We can't do it on our own. We need God in our lives. And so if we'll humble ourselves and turn from our evil, our wicked ways... What wicked ways are you talking about? Just trusting in our own wisdom, trusting in our own abilities, trusting that we can do it without God. He says, if we'll do that, humble ourselves and turn from our evil ways and seek God's face. That means seek a relationship with Him, not just seek God for handouts that He can give us. Sure, God will provide our needs, but God wants a relationship with us. And he says, if we'll do those things, and if we'll pray, then he'll hear us from heaven and heal our land. You know, and we've, this country's gone through a lot of problems over its 200 and some years of, of existence. We've gone through civil wars and world wars and famines, or not famines, but depressions and recessions, and, and God's seen us through those. But you know what? It's been the prayers of God's people, I believe. You know, God will use politicians. God will use different people. But it's God. And I believe that's our answer today. It's not a politician. It's not even a scientist in this case. But it's God's people praying. And I'm not saying we shouldn't get involved in politics as Christians or we shouldn't let our voice be heard in Washington. But more important than having our voice heard in Washington is having our voice heard in heaven. And so let's just pray right now. Father, we thank you. First of all, Lord, we, we acknowledge that you know all things. Lord, this hasn't caught you by surprise. You knew ahead of time, Father, you didn't cause this, but you do have an answer, Father. And Lord, as, as believers in you, Father, we, we refuse to walk in fear, but we're going to walk in faith. We're going to hold on to the hope of the gospel, Father. We're going to hold on to that hope that we have in you, Father, that you will see us through this time, Father. And so right now, we just come before you, Father. You said that we can enter boldly into the throne room through the blood of Jesus. And so we come before you today, Father, asking for your deliverance, for your help for this nation, and not only for this nation, but for the world, Father, for this 
uh, infection that's going around, Father. We pray, Lord, for you to, that you would give wisdom to our leaders, give wisdom to the scientists and doctors that are working on uh, cures and, and vaccines for this, Father. Uh, most of all, Lord, we just submit ourselves unto you. And I know, Lord, that if we'll continue to trust in you, Lord, that you will bring us through this time, Father. And we praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, you know, if you've been listening the last few weeks, Pastor's been talking about the subject of pursuit, particularly God pursuing us, chasing after us. And I'm going to continue on in that. He was uh, using uh, the three stories in, in Luke chapter 15. And he's covered the first two, so I guess that means we'll use a third one today. But anyway, just to kind of briefly... Uh, remind you of what it is. Uh, the background, first of all, is uh, Jesus is teaching. And as usual, there's a big crowd of people gathered around. And there's people of all kinds. There's the religious leaders. There's those people that think that they're righteous just because they're doing all the right things. And they're such good people. And God should love them and let them into heaven just because they're, they're really good. And then there's the other people that know that they're not so good. The hated tax collectors, there's probably some alcoholics there, some prostitutes, some people of all different, different, uh, different styles of life. And as they're all gathering together, some of these religious people are thinking, what are these other people, you know, what are these low-life people doing here? What's Jesus even, why does he even have anything to do with them? And this starts Jesus on his teaching. And the first story that uh, we heard about was a lost sheep. And we know that Jesus said he's the good shepherd. And he said also we're the sheep of his pasture. So this is talking about us. The second week was the lost coin. And the owner goes out and searches for this lost coin. Well, we're God's possession. First of all, he created us. Then he also redeemed us by the, by the blood of Jesus. And just as a coin, that coin was valuable to its owner, we're all valuable to God. And today we're going to look at the third of those stories, the story of the lost son. Uh, some Bibles call it the prodigal son or the lost son. And I know most of you are real familiar with it, and I'm not going to read the whole scripture. If you want to read it for yourself, it starts in Luke 11 or 15:11. But just a brief synopsis. This is a story of a man that had two sons, and the younger son he decided he didn't want to be under his father's control anymore. He wanted to do his own thing, and but he didn't want to go out with nothing, so he starts begging his father for his inheritance. Now, the story doesn't talk about him begging, but I'm sure that's the case, that he started begging and begging, and he wanted his inheritance. Father, the father finally gave in and says, okay, here you go. And, but that wasn't good enough. He had his inheritance, he had his money, but he still wanted to be away from his father. So a few days later, he packs up, cleans out his bank account, and heads off for the big city. And... Uh, Starts having a good old time. Starts partying and just carrying on. And for a while, man, life is good. Things are looking good. He's got all kinds of friends until all of a sudden he realizes he's 
spend all that money. And then things get worse because there's a depression in that land where he's at and there's no jobs to be had. And he finally winds up working for a pig farmer, feeding the pigs. And so he's come to the bottom, uh, the bottom of the barrel and says finally he comes to his senses and realizes, you know what? Things weren't so bad back in dad's house. You know, at least even the field hands, they, they were a whole lot better than I am, often than I am, and so I think I'll just go back home. And uh, I don't know how my dad will receive me. He may not even want anything to do with me, but anyway, I'm going back home and maybe beg him to at least let me be a, a field hand. And of course, you know the end of the story. The father's waiting for him and greets him and, and uh, is glad to see him, welcomes him back into the family. And restores him to the place where he was. So as I looked at these stories, uh, I saw several things. First of all, as I looked at them, I thought, how did these people or animals or whatever it is get lost in the first place? And I think, I hope I'm not reading too much into this, but I thought it's important to see that. Uh, first of all, the sheep. You know, I don't think this sheep just one day decided I'm going to get lost. I don't want to be under this shepherd anymore. I'm going to just go off and do my own thing. I mean, sheep kind of have a herd mentality, and they like to stay around the other sheep. But he was just out there grazing, and he happened to look over there and saw a patch of grass over there. It looked pretty good. So he just went over there and started eating. Oh, there's another patch a little bit farther away and a little bit farther away. First thing you know, he looks around, and he's all by himself. As I was thinking about that, I was thinking about the parable that, uh, the parable of the sower. And one of the soils that Jesus talks about, the seed that was sown among the thorns, among the weeds. And he says, those are the people that, that they hear the word for a while, but then the concerns of the world, the desire for riches, just getting caught up in everyday things. It slowly, it begins to choke the word out. You know, it's not that that person decided to drift away from God. It's just kind of a slow process. And you wake up all of a sudden and, and realize, I've come a long way from where God wants me to be. I mean, I can kind of relate to that myself because in my early Christian walk, I, when I took over a business, I began to get so tied up in that business and trying to build it up that I kind of started drifting away from God till one day I woke up and realized I'm in a bad place. I've drifted away from God and I'm not sure how to get back. But just like that shepherd, God came looking for me and, and drew me back. Then the other, the second one, the coin. Well, you say, well, how can a coin lose itself? You know, it's, it's just an inanimate object. And of course, it can't lose itself. It just, it just got lost. Well, in a sense, we're kind of the same way. We came into this world lost, separated from God, not because of our fault, but just because of the sin that started way back in the garden. We came into this world lost. And really, there's nothing we can do about saving ourselves. The Pharisees, the religious leaders, they thought they could. They thought, man, if I be good enough, if I follow the law close enough, I can save myself. But the truth is, just like this coin, it couldn't get itself unlost. 
we can't get ourselves unlost by our own works, by our own goodness, but only by what Jesus did on the cross. And then we come to today's story, the lost son. How is it that he came to be lost? Well, the truth is, he chose to be lost. Now, I'm sure he wasn't thinking of it in that way. He wasn't, you know, didn't say, I'm, I'm going to get myself lost. No, he just decided, I want to do my own thing. I'm tired of living under my father's direction. You know, just like a lot of teenagers and young adults today, you know. If I could get out from under my family, if I could get out from under my, uh, the rule of my family, I could just do whatever I want. I can just be my own boss. Really, that's not much different than what the original sin was when the devil told Eve, you know, if you eat of this fruit, then you'll be just like God. You won't need God anymore. You won't be dependent on God. You'll know good and evil for yourself. And he deceived her. And so often we get deceived too. You know, if I just could go out on my own, if I could just depend on myself, I'll be happy. I'll be successful. And so what I want to talk mainly about today is not the father's pursuit. We'll talk a little bit about that, but what the son was pursuing. Because truly, we're all pursuing something. We're looking for something. We're pursuing something. And really, our success, our fulfillment in life is going to depend on what it is that we're pursuing. Because like I say, this son was pursuing something. He wanted to do his own thing, and he thought he would find something by going out on his own. Now, the first thing I thought about that he was seeking freedom or independence you know, if I can just get my inheritance now and then leave my father, I'll be free to do whatever I want. I can throw off all these old Victorian, this Victorian morality, all this old outdated myths about God and just be my own person. Be totally free. But he found out it didn't work that way. You know, I thought it was interesting talking about freedom and, and uh, independence in this nation that we... So, might say revere freedom, talk so much about freedom. We probably got as many or more addicts in this country than any other country in the world. I mean, we're addicted to drugs, to alcohol, to TV, to video games, to junk food, to tranquilizers, pornography. I mean, you name it. We're a, an addicted nation. And yet we talk all the time about freedom. Uh, to me, that's, that's not really what freedom's about. And that's what this son thought. I'm free, you know. I can go out here and do whatever I want, but he found out it wasn't that way. You know, he thought he had financial freedom. I got all this money. And I got thinking about that term, you know. You hear people talking about that, that uh, they want to be financially independent, well, what does it mean to be financially independent? It means you're dependent on your own finances. You're still dependent on something. And as this young man found out, your finances are not always that dependable. Of course, in his case, it was because of his own foolishness and the way he spent it. But there are a lot of people that are wise in their way of 
handling their finances and yet things come up just like the situation we're going through now. People out of jobs, businesses closed down, people that maybe thought they were just well off and everything's all set and all of a sudden it's gone. Depressions that we've had in the past, inflations, you know, look at nations around the world. Venezuela is a good example now where there's a change in government and used to be one of the wealthiest nations in the world. Now people are starving to death. Communist countries where they've come in and taken over all the businesses and taken them under control of the state. So it's not really, it's not something you can depend on. There's other things, you know, we could go on and talk about other things that, that the son was pursuing. He's pursuing, you know, his happiness, you know. If I just can do certain things, why, I'll be happy. And of course, we know happiness depends on happenings, on circumstances, and those change. You know, you might have been happy with your job last week, but now it's gone. Or you might have been happy with the relationship and, you know, that person left on you all kinds of things that can happen, but God wants to give us joy. It's one of the things Jesus talked about. I'm going to give you joy, and joy depends on trust in God, not upon the situation that's, that's happening right at the moment. And so he was pursuing something, but he was pursuing all the wrong things. John 10.10, 10, as we're uh, so familiar with, says, Jesus said, I came to give you life and that in abundance. The abundant life is not having all the money you want and being able to do whatever you want, but it's having Jesus as the Lord of your life. You know, and in uh, Matthew, Jesus said, if we'll seek first, if we'll pursue first of all, the kingdom of God. Then all these other things will be added. All these things that we want and desire, they'll be added to us if we just pursue God first of all. Our first choice in life should be to pursue God. And finally, when this young man came to the end of his rope, when everything else failed, he all of a sudden realized, you know what? Things weren't so bad back home. I had everything that I needed back there. And sometimes it takes the same thing for us to get to the end of our rope when we lose everything or everything falls apart that all of a sudden we realize, you know, I can't do it on my own. Proverbs 14:12 says there's a path before each person that seems right. The path that this young man took, he thought it seemed right. This is right for me. This is, this is what I want to do. But it says, but it ends in death. It ended in death for him, not physical death, but death to all his dreams of what he was going to do. But it also led to life when he went back to his father. And that's exactly where he went. And that's interesting, you know, in the other two stories of the sheep and the, and the coin, it talks about the shepherd, the owner, going out and actively pursuing him. Pursuing the sheep, pursuing the coin, looking for the coin. This one, it doesn't say anything about the father going out and looking, pursuing the son. Well, I, I believe, first of all, that he probably was in contact with the son, letting him know that he still loved him, he had a place, but 
He knew that until the son came to his senses, it wouldn't do any good to try and chase him down. I mean, maybe he could have drug him back, but he would have left again until he got to that place where he realized. And we have to come to that place too, realizing that everything we're looking for, we can find in God, find in the Father. We don't have to go out and find our way like this son did, find our way there find out the truth the hard way by losing everything, by wasting years of our life and pursuing things that really don't, aren't going to last. And so my question today is, as we close is, what are you pursuing today? What are you after? What do you want in your life? First of all, know that there's somebody who loves you and somebody who does want to give you a good life. As we said, Jesus said, I came to give you life and that in abundance. But what is an abundant life? A life filled with a lot of toys and good things? I mean, there's a lot of people that have got all kinds of material things and yet they're miserable. People that make more money than probably you and I even dreamed about making and yet they get addicted to drugs or get into all kinds of other difficulties but there's only really one pursuit that matters and that is the pursuit of God God's pursuing us he's chasing us but we need to be pursuing him too pursuing a relationship with him and and once we start doing that we'll find out what real life is all about we'll find out that peace, joy, and happiness, all those things we can find, love. We find them only in one place, and that's in God's house, back home with the Father, instead of out trying to do our own thing. So I just want to pray for you today. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, if you've never pursued a relationship with God, I urge you today, to set your heart on seeking after Him. Because He loves you. He cares about you. He's got a plan for your life. He's the one that will fulfill you. I don't believe there's any way in this life. You know, one time I thought my life would be fulfilled when I got into a certain profession and was making so much money and had the things that I had dreamed of. And yet my life was miserable at that time. I got those things, but my life was miserable because I was not pursuing God. When I turned my life over to God, I found the peace that I was looking for. And it's available to you today too. So let's just pray.